Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Miriam Knight, and we have our dream team of reviewers with us today, Cynthia Sue Larson and Brent Marchant. As you might remember from our previous Reviewers Roundtable, uh, Cynthia Sue is a best-selling author, life coach, radio host, and inspirational speaker known as the Quantum Optimist. Cynthia is one of the few people and writers who is really knowledgeable at the outer edge of science and consciousness. She's um, on Dream Vision 7 radio, and she's going to tell us all about it later. Brent Marchand has been a lifelong movie fan. He does the cinema, Conscious Cinema column for New Consciousness Review magazine and for many other um, websites and magazines. And he is a real expert as well as an author. And he's going to tell us about his work later on as well. So uh, we have so much to tell you about. We're going to hop right to it. And I'm going to start with Cynthia Sue. Cynthia, what's your first book? Oh, my first book is Understanding Consciousness. Now, this is the second edition of the book, and it's by Max Vellmans, who is really quite the expert on not just consciousness, but also psychology. And he's been studying this field for more than three decades. He's written more than 90 papers on the topic. And what I love about this book, Understanding Consciousness, and his name is Max, M-A-X, and then Velmans, V-E-L-M-A-N-S, is that it's really, I think, one of the very best books on getting a solid introduction to the whole idea of what is consciousness. That is a topic that science historically has not really been able to grapple with because it can't mm -hmm. be predicted, it can't be scientifically measured exactly, yet it's something that all of us live with, and if we don't have a, a good grasp of what it is, then um, it's hard for us to really understand any of the scientific fields whatsoever. So the thing that's beautiful about this book is it helps to, it sets out to, to do two things. It provides readers with this foundational understanding of what is consciousness. And then secondly, it presents Max Vellman's own concept of reflexive monism, which makes more sense when you get into the book. Like, what is that? But really, I think the key of this book is that it helps people think about some of the um, ancient philosophers, Plato, Descartes, Eccles, and even if you've never studied these things, you can read this book and come up to speed very quickly about understanding how it is that some philosophers have one view of consciousness and others have a different one. And then what we're learning recently in whatever scientific experiments we can conduct to kind of get a glimpse of what's going on and how is it possible that each of us has such a very subjective experience. You know, why does we can see the same movie, read the same book, and come away with almost like two completely different viewpoints of what, what it was about and why it mattered. And so, uh, basically, getting back to his own theory, um, this is the part where it really comes alive for me, uh, is he shows 
how it is that we basically can look at uh, this built-in ability that we have to see what's going on inside of ourselves and others and play, kind of bounce back and forth between first-person awareness and third-person awareness and how this kind of a dichotomy, this, this way of viewing ourselves at different levels, therefore can give us uh, a way of viewing the universe ironically without ever splitting it in two. And this is very, it's controversial in some circles, but I think it's extremely um, exciting to consider how we do that, how we can um, be both observers and subjects in our lives. We can be the hero of our life, and we can also sometimes step back and take a look at it. And I think it's just a fabulous book for somebody who loves the subject of consciousness like I do, and it's just the right balance of sharing how we can uh, use some of these ideas from science and also understand where they all came from. Again, it's called Understanding Consciousness. This is the second edition right now, and the author is Max Velmans. That's really interesting because I remember interviewing Michael Shermer, known as the great skeptic and president of the Skeptic Society, and he referred to consciousness as the hard question, which is something that skeptics really haven't been able to wrap their arguments around and marshal their arguments against. So this sounds like a wonderful book. Okay, Brent, over to you. Well, we're at least uh, in the thick of the movie awards season right now, so what I want to focus on today are several films that are leading contenders in this year's awards season competitions. And my first film is what I would consider at this point my favorite film of the year so far. It's the independent sleeper hit called Moonlight. This movie kind of emerged out of nowhere, off the radar, but it's become really quite popular very quickly and is drawing quite a following by word of mouth. It's the second feature film from director Barry Jenkins, and it tells the story of a young man who's growing up in a rough neighborhood in Miami, an African-American young man um, who has uh, really a lot of difficulties with his family life, an absent father, a drug-addicted mother. And it tells the story in three segments, as when he's a child, when he's a teen, and when he's a young adult. And it, it takes a very uh, graphic look at the difficulties he has growing up under these considerations, but also... Uh, it also deals with the fact that he's beginning to come aware that he might be gay. And that's a, a really uh, difficult issue for him to contend with, given the fact that he has virtually no one to talk to about it, uh, especially since it tends to be a very taboo subject in the African-American community where it's rarely even discussed, let alone addressed. Um, mm. The film is very powerful in terms of the way it presents this subject, the way it explores it, but it's also incredibly thoughtful and sensitive in terms of its presentation of the material. Um, it's remarkable how the director um, was able to seamlessly cast three different actors playing the same character over time. Um, you, you would never guess that you're not looking at the same character all the way through. That's how uh, well put together the, the direction of the casting was for this. Um, it's so far it's it's picking up a lot of attention in awards programs. It's even won several already. Uh, I think it's going to do probably pretty well at the Oscars. Um, it's one of these movies that 
to me, is not only just a, a well-told story and a remarkable form of entertainment, but it's also something that's very significant in terms of starting a dialogue. Um, it's, it's bringing up issues that are rarely spoken about, but it's bringing them into the open now so that people can talk about them candidly and in a, a very thoughtful way. Um, rarely do I, I gush about a movie, but this is one that's certainly very well worth it. I recommend it very, very highly, and I think uh, viewers will come away from it with a tremendous feeling of, of awe and wonder and uh, thoughtfulness about it. And again, it's called Moonlight. Moonlight, yes. Wow. Okay. I will make a point of seeing it. Thank you, Brent. Well, my book um, for this segment is actually a reissue of The Artist's Way. It's an anniversary, 25th anniversary edition. And um, Tartar Penguin have brought it out together with a very cunning diary. It's a, a spiral-bound, beautifully presented book of pages where you are led through doing your morning pages, one page per day for 365 days, which anybody who has read The Artist's Way knows is the foundation of Julia Cameron's uh, approach to exploring and bringing out your own creativity. It's really a foundational practice in her work. And the book is just just beautiful. It really will inspire you to get out there every day and do your morning pages. And morning pages for Julia is really stream of consciousness writing. And so many people have found the breakthroughs that they need to solve problems they've been struggling with and really open up streams of thought and and action that can only come through that small voice inside that comes out onto the pages of your morning pages. So that's um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, the 25th anniversary edition, as well as the uh, Artist's Way Morning Pages Journal. Um, beautifully done, beautifully presented by Tarcher Penguin. And I really want to take my hat off to Tarcher because one of the things that they have been doing is bringing out old classics, bringing them back to a new audience. And so often we reviewers are looking for the next best book. And the oldies but goodies get really relegated to the dusty basement of our bookshelves. And I can tell you that my, the basement of my bookshelf is particularly dusty. Um, I really wish I could fire my housekeeper, but I don't have one. Anyway, um, so the next books that I'm going to be talking about are uh, issues of reissues uh, and compilations of older books that have really been classics in their field. And I can't tell you how grateful I am to Tarcher Penguin for really keeping them 
fresh in mind because they were really the foundations of much of the later literature. Anyway, that's the signal for our break. We'll be right back with our Reviewers Roundtable. We're going to move right on with Cynthia Sue's next choice. Thank you. Yes, this next book is really an excellent choice for gifting. So if you're thinking about holiday gifts, I would highly recommend it for anybody because it can enhance people's lives. It's called The Art of Healthy Living. It's a nice slender book, so it doesn't intimidate people. (laughs) It's a nice paperback. You can just carry it in your purse, your bag, whatever. And the author is Dr. Homoyun Sadegi, medical doctor. And the subtitle is A Mind-Body Approach to Inner Balance and Natural Vitality. And so this is a book that shares gems from this doctor's personal experience as a physician with insights that he originally jotted down in his personal journals. And he would do that because occasionally things would come up that just riveted his attention and reminded him of, now he doesn't use the word magic, but to me it really is the magic of the way that we can, our bodies can heal and we, it really does happen in a mind-body approach. It's, it's something where our thoughts can totally affect and influence our well-being. And what I love also about his book is that it's written in such a way that it invites us to join his journey. And one of the central concepts of the book is that our mind is the main perpetrator behind disease, morbidity, and mortality. And something he says in the book is that consciously or not, by focusing on things that cause discomfort and disease, we can actually manifest the physical characteristics that are in line with those realities. Now, that sounds a bit dark, but he quickly adds, naturally, the reverse can also hold true. And that gets to the heart of why this is such a gem of a book, because it's all about how we envision ourselves to be, how we can dream of ourselves and our futures to play uh, um, a much bigger role in our own health and healing and our well-being. He focuses on dreams and how we live in a field of dreams where we don't need to struggle, but we can start learning to go with the flow. And within that flow, Dr. Sadegi urges us to constantly dream of creating a better, more exciting future. And he goes on to explain when you dream of a brighter future, your body will learn to stay healthy as long as it takes for you to create that future. And this sounds simple, but it's really, it's like the key to bringing age-old secrets of healthy living back into our lives. And he illustrates what those are, encouraging us to be happy, hopeful, grateful, forgiving, pure, living in the now, and to stop stressing ourselves about what the outcome of various events might be. So we can start basking in the glow of embodying these qualities and feeling the experience of returning excellent health, which might sound far out, it might sound like crazy, but... Often people that start this process are the ones who don't have anything else to lose. They get to a point where nothing else works, and then they start discovering the joy of how thoughts can generate positive feelings and turn everything around. So we don't need to wait till it's too late. We, uh, I don't think it's ever too late, but we don't need to wait till we're desperate. Um, and so this is a book that's not preachy. If you know someone who's in poor health and they need some hope, it's perfect. If you know someone uh, who 
is just ready for something new. This is perfect. It is. Um, this is not a book that's written in such a way uh, that if you're not open to it, it could, um, you know, provoke you. So, in other words, it, it's a book of common sense, and if someone's already fixed in how they view the world, they're not going to like it. But if they're open-minded at all, then this is a book that can bring hope to dark places and people who are feeling that they're at the a very difficult point in their lives. So, once again, the, the name of the book is The Art of Healthy Living, A Mind-Body Approach to Inner Balance and Natural Vitality. The author is Humoyan, and then the last name, I'll spell it, Sadegi, S-A-D-E-G-H-I. And I highly do recommend this book for yourself. That sounds wonderful. It is. Yeah. Oh, that really is what it's all about. And as you say, we totally forget when we focus on the law of attraction that we are always attracting. So we really better be careful what it is that we're focusing our thoughts on. Okay, Brent, over to you. Well, what I have next is arguably what I would consider my second favorite movie of the year so far, and that's the science fiction adventure film called Arrival. Um, I use the term science fiction a little bit loosely here because in many ways this is really more of a movie that's an exploration of uh, metaphysical and consciousness-related ideas. Uh, The film stars Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker, and they're in a story where uh, a number of alien crafts have appeared at different locations around the world, and it's not clear what exactly their intentions are, but to find out, we need to figure out a way to communicate them with. So uh, Amy Adams' character, who is an expert linguist, is tapped to see if she can figure out a way to start a dialogue with these um, alien visitors. And it's, it's interesting in the fact that the way they communicate involves uh, symbols in many ways very similar to the, uh, the characters you see in uh, some of the far uh, East Asian languages. So she needs to decipher what do these symbols mean, but in order to be able to decipher what they mean, it also involves getting to the root of how these visitors view the existence of reality. Uh, Is it the same as how we view it? Is it different? In what ways is it different? And by doing so, not only does it help help her to find a way to communicate with them, but it also opens up our perspective in terms of how we view reality as well and helps to uh, give us a a broadened perspective if we're willing to pay attention in doing so. And that's one of the the core issues that the characters in this film have to wrestle with. How much time are they willing to give to thoughtfully consider these kinds of ideas, uh, not just uh, to be able to communicate with them, but also to be able to understand the very nature of our own existence, our own place in the world, and uh, will it broaden our horizons in ways that we weren't previously expecting? Yeah, in many ways, it, it, this movie reminds me of some previous release films like uh, Signs and Contact, where the whole alien question is really just sort of a pretext to get viewers into the story, dealing with issues that are much deeper than just you know how do you contend, how do you t- communicate with a group of aliens. Um, in that regard, I find the film um, very, very interesting and, and very, very thoughtful. And really, diehard sci-fi fans may be a little disappointed by that, 
But if they're willing to broaden their horizons, which is, of course, the message of the film itself, I think they'll come away with a, a very uh, refreshing, new, broadened perspective that will serve them not only in terms of how well they get entertained by this, but also in terms of how they view their day-to-day existence. Uh, once again, the movie is called Arrival. It's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, Amy Adams is a very strong contender for this year's Oscar for Best Leading Actress. So I, I recommend it very highly and uh, enjoy it. I want to second that recommendation. I saw it shortly after it came out, and I was absolutely riveted by it. It raises, as you say, so many questions beyond the usual sci-fi uh, alien contact context, uh, including how humanity re- will react to the uh, reality of contact. So, um, second the well, record. Two other little things I found interesting about it was uh, how often do you see a woman as the lead her- heroic character in a film like this? Um, so mm-hmm. it speaks in some ways also to the, uh, the reemergence of the divine feminine to help save the world. Uh, and also, I found it interesting that never during the course of the film does the arrival of the aliens get referred to as an invasion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gives us a lot of food for thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But of course, that is always a subtext uh, in the minds of the military around the world. So yes. it really speaks to human nature. Great. Well... Okay, so over to me. Um, I'm going back to Tartar Penguin's new releases of old books. The first one is called The Miracle Power of Your Mind, The Joseph Murphy Treasury, which brings together in one very, very large volume. You can do weightlifting exercises just reading it. Um, It includes the power of your subconscious mind, believe in yourself, fear not, riches are your right. Joseph Murphy was born in Ireland and a naturalized author and new thought minister. And he was the leader and founder of one of the largest new thought congregations in the country. So this is really a foundational collection of new thought thinking all in one very large, um, reasonably compact package. The second one is uh, by Madame Blavatsky. It's a reissue of the classic, The Secret Doctrine. Um, And, of course, uh, Madame Blavatsky was the co-founder of the Theosophical Society, And she was a bit of a controversial figure, but um, her uh, thesis really was presented as a kind of synthesis of science, religion, and philosophy, which uh, the Theosophical Society, which is still continuing today, uh, promotes and, and practices. It really, again, is one of the foundational uh, books of the New Age movement. And then the other two books are um, two reissues of Napoleon Hill's books. One is Think and Grow Rich, and the other is The Road 
to success. Now, Napoleon Hill was a bit of a controversial figure, as was Madame Blavatsky. Um, he was, by some, considered a guru, by others, a bit of a con man. Um, and uh, unfortunately, he died in poverty, so one wonders um, whether he actually believed what he wrote. Uh, but many people do, and much of the literature on the law of attraction is based both on, uh, or draws, both from Napoleon Hill's books and from Joseph Murphy and, and the whole um, science of mind and religious science. In fact, even one could argue the book that Cynthia mentioned about health also promotes that idea that your consciousness, what you think of, is what you attract into your reality. So whether you want to think and grow healthy or think and grow rich, this is really what it's all about. It's the, the consciousness of our role as creators. And there we come to our next break. Please stay with us. We'll be back with superstars Brent Marchant and Cynthia Sue Larson in our Reviewers Roundtable. So, Cynthia Sue, what is your next book? Uh, yes, my next book is Incognito, The Secret Lives of the Brain. And this is by uh, David Eagleman. That you, you might have seen him on PBS. He's on TVs occasionally. He's been on some television programs talking about neuroscience. In fact, I think he may be uh, America's celebrity neuroscientist. And he's currently employed at Stanford University. I recently saw him in person when he was at UC Berkeley giving a talk. And what I, what I love about the book Incognito, The Secret Lives of the Brain, is that it's uh, written from the point of view of someone who clearly knows his stuff with regard to the studies that are happening in neuroscience that answer some of the strange, surprising questions that we have about why if someone mentions your name when you're walking into a room, somehow that word, your name, jumps out and you can hear it, and why it is or how it is that we can be angry with ourselves, so who exactly is angry with whom, and all sorts of just really fascinating stories that, that have come from the field of neuroscience and cognitive science. And But, but what I love most about the book um, people who know me know that I'm not really a reductionist. And often in the field of neuroscientists, quite a few neuroscientists uh, tend, for whatever reason, to get into this reductionistic idea that we can basically take a look in the brain, map out the neural pathways, and suddenly understand who we are and all about consciousness. And thank heavens, I, I'm, I'm just pleased to know that David Eagleman is not one of those reductionists because as useful a tool as it might be where we can take a look at something and break it down into pieces, it's really not the right viewpoint for everything. And it certainly does not explain the relationship between the brain and the mind. And then in the book, uh, Eagleman explains this is because of a feature known as emergence. When you put together large numbers of pieces and parts, the whole can become something greater than the sum. None of the individual metal hunks of an airplane have the property of flight, but when they're attached together in the right way, the result takes to the air. I think that's just the best way to look at this whole book. Um, it's basically 
uh, an assortment of questions and and insights that Eagleman has come to looking at this idea of things like free will, for example, uh, where he adopts uh, the position that maybe it doesn't so much matter about the question of free will when it comes to social policy because we often uh, do things without being aware that we're doing them. And there's this whole idea of automism where it's in the field of law when a person performs some sort of automatic act like sleepwalking and then they end up doing something horrible and committing a crime that we would call a crime, a heinous act such as murder, um, or an epileptic seizure causes a driver to steer into a crowd. Now, these are the kind of things that lawyers can claim a person did due to a biological process over which the person had no control or little control. And, and these kind of questions are the sorts of things that we're going to need to take a look at as a society. And so... This is a book that's very readable. Again, I think it's a great gift choice for people. Definitely good reading. It's called Incognito, The Secret Lives of the Brain by David Eagleman. Well, we talk about the Great Awakening, and you wonder how many people are going through life sleepwalking. It just seems like this really is the time for awakening. So. Exactly. And sometimes when you think about the, the connection between our ideas, who's talking to who, when we write our morning pages in that book you mentioned that I just love, The Artist's Way, by Julia Cameron, another shout-out for that. When we're doing that, um, who are we writing to? And when we read it again, how do we have these dialogues within ourselves? And you know, how is it that we can do so many things without being conscious of what we're doing? And so it makes more sense when we write things down and take a look at it, then we become more conscious. Like you say, this great awakening can begin. Mm. Super. Right, Brent, what do you have? My next film is one that has been touted very highly from uh, the beginning of award season as being the leading contender for uh, a number of awards, possibly Best Picture and, and Best Actor. And that's the domestic drama Manchester by the Sea. Uh, the film tells the story of a building janitor, played by Casey Affleck, who is living a rather low-key life when he suddenly receives some unexpected news that his brother has passed away and that he's called home to the town where he grew up to uh, make arrangements for his uh, brother's funeral and so forth. When he gets there, though, he also gets a shock in that he finds out his brother had designated him to be the legal guardian of his 16-year-old nephew. And it's something that he's totally unprepared for. Uh, It's something that he has serious questions about, uh, especially in light of some of the things that went on in his his own past. So he's uh, left with a position of having to struggle to figure out what he wants to do for himself. Uh, and he's happy to do so in a town where he grew up and where he's also being pursued by some of the ghosts of his own past. Uh, it's a very interesting story in that it talks a lot about themes related to redemption and forgiveness, particularly forgiving oneself, uh, as well as choice and understanding our own personal limitations. Um, it's um, very moving in a number of spots. It's particularly uh, moving in the interactions between Casey Affleck and uh, the character of his ex-wife, played brilliantly by Michelle Williams. Um, Very, very touching, very, very moving. 
Um, I don't really know personally if this is quite up to the caliber of all the buzz that it's been getting, but it's certainly very good. It's, it makes a very good holiday movie, uh, particularly when you uh, want to take stock of your relationship with your own family members and uh, developing a, a greater sense of appreciation and fulfillment with them. Um, but it's certainly um, certainly entertaining, um, beautifully shot, lovely soundtrack, well acted, um, and um, as I say, a, a good family domestic drama to uh, to look at during the holidays. That's Manchester by the Sea, starring Casey Affleck, Kyle Chandler, Michelle Williams, and Lucas Hedges. You never know whether the publicity machines of the studios actually drive the popularity of a film beyond what it might otherwise merit. I know I always rejoice when there is one of these dark horse movies that comes from behind with zero budget, you know, very little budget, and then makes it into the top contenders. So... Anyway, it does it does seem to be a, a very nice movie. So, Manchester by the Sea, hoo-hoo. And it's not even the Manchester in England. Thank you, Brent. Well, speaking of England, Watkins Publishing has a very warm spot in my heart because Watkins Bookstore uh, on Cecil Court in London was where I first encountered New Thought and the New Age movement. This was after we had some very strange happenings, after a friend of ours killed himself, and wanted to find out what on earth was going on. Anyway, Watkins has developed its own imprint, and I get their books, some wonderful books coming up, but I'm not going to tell you about them. What I want to tell you about is the new 2017 diary that they've come out with. They come out with a diary every year, and they're obviously looking for the right format for the diary, and I'm delighted that this year's diary is just about um, the size to fit in your hand or your purse, It's called Everyday Matters, and what I like about it is that each month has its own theme. So for January, the theme is love. For March, the theme is forgiveness. Um, For July, the theme is joy, and so on. And then each week has its own um, thought uh, or contemplation, and it's just a, a very lovely little handy diary, and I wanted to give a shout out for it because this is the time of year when we think about replacing last year's diary. So it's called Everyday Matters 2017 Diary from Watkins. Now, Brent, you have another movie for us, don't you? Yes, I do. Uh, the movie is called Loving. And it's a really interesting picture in the fact that it combines two very disparate genres. It's a historical drama and a love story. Uh, The film tells the story of the first 
couple that successfully got laws overturned regarding interracial marriage in the United States. Um, the characters of Mildred and Richard, played by Ruth Nega and Joel Edgerton, live in Virginia in the 1950s. They want to get married, but they can't do it because the laws in the state forbid them from doing so. They end up going to the District of Columbia, where they get legally married. They move back to Virginia, at which point they're promptly arrested for breaking Virginia's laws against interracial marriage. They ended up taking the case to court and uh, went all the way to the Supreme Court, and uh, the court ruled in their favor, which effectively eliminated uh, the, uh, the interracial marriage law in Virginia as well as in all the other states where they were in effect at the time. Uh, it's really a really powerful movie in terms of showing that the power of love can't be stopped, no matter what the courts might say, no matter what the laws might try to say. Um, in some ways, you know, some might look at that as a little bit of a, of a corny idea, but to me personally, I think it's very moving, very powerful. Uh, the film tells the story quite accurately, uh, quite effectively, uh, very well acted, very well directed, um, and it's a, the kind of movie that you come out really having a very nice feeling about. So it's one that I recommend very highly. Uh, again, it's one that's uh, getting a lot of attention in the awards season, and I think it's going to do um, pretty well with viewers. It's so interesting to contemplate how far we've come in a relatively short space of time. I lived It really in is. You know, and, and the other thing that was interesting about their story is that uh, it helped open the door later on many years uh, for the opening to same-sex marriage as well. Uh, many mm -hmm. times the case was made that if you can't make a good reason, come up with a good reason for prohibiting interracial marriage, then why should you prohibit same-sex marriage as well? So the, uh, the, the impact of their story went, on, went far beyond uh, just their own particular case, uh, had ramifications that extended across, I believe there were 14 states at the time that had these laws in effect. And then it had the echo effect coming back years later when the, uh, the same-sex marriage issue was brought before the courts. So it's a, it's a really a fitting tribute to um, these very courageous characters and what they did to help make life better for a lot of people. And it's called Loving. How appropriate. Now, our reviewers are really extraordinary people, and they are all authors in their own right. And given that this is our holiday sh edition, I wanted to give them the opportunity to talk about their own extraordinary books. Now, Cynthia Sue Larson was trained as a physicist, and she's been featured on the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, Coast to Coast AM, and the BBC. So she knows whereof she speaks and writes. And I'd like her to tell us about some of her books. Cynthia. Oh, thank you, Miriam. Yes, well, my newest book is called Quantum Jumps, An Extraordinary Science of Happiness and Prosperity. And it's written to provide people with inspiration and practical tools to help you benefit from some laboratory-tested, scientifically proven ways that you can live a happier, more prosperous life by acting as if and basically faking it till you make it. This book provides you with the scientific backing to understand why, for example, the placebo effect has doubled in efficacy in the last 30 years. And even though this may seem too simple to be true, there is growing, increasing scientific evidence that it all works, and this book is packed with 
tips and tools to make it happen for you. So you can be stronger, happier, smarter, uh, with less pain and better relationships just by learning to not just change beliefs, but do some embodied cognition techniques so that you can do things with your body, physically move, and become happier, stronger, with more willpower and so forth. Another book is Reality Shifts, When Consciousness Changes the Physical World. And this book is more for someone who's uh, into dreams and doesn't want so much of the science, although there is science in the book, um, but it gets much more into creating your personal affirmations, changing your, your beliefs and your thoughts, packed with basically miraculous stories of transformation that I and others have experienced. And then I've got a book called High Energy Money, which is how to improve your relationship with money. And that's really what it's all about, so that you can become prosperous by taking a close look at your various beliefs about money and find your kind of personality profile for how you can best uh, come to terms with a good relationship with prosperity. And I've got a couple of other books, but I'm going to skip over them, just mention them briefly. A children's book called Karen Kimball and the Dreamweaver's Web, all about lucid dreaming and living a waking dream, what it's like, and it's a great story to read to children. And then there's a another book called Aura Advantage, which describes the human bioenergy field and helps you work with your energy just on a, in a daily way so that you can benefit from 10 things your energy field can do for you. I also have a meditation CD or a healing meditations. So those are the main things, and all of this can be viewed if you forget what they are go to realityshifters.com and go to the shop page and you can order whatever you like and I can autograph it for you if you purchase it directly from me. And everything is also available through Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Very good. Well, it's interesting how it all boils down to consciousness. It really underpins all of the above. It's lovely that you have a children's book about lucid dreaming. So many kids have I read it to my own children, and yeah, it's a way to engage children. And sometimes we have kids that seem to see things we don't, and they're experiencing things we don't, and you want to open that dialogue, and this is a great way to do it. Absolutely. And what's it called again? This one is called Karen Kimball and the Dreamweaver's Web. And it's all about a young girl that goes to swim camp, and she's away from her family for a while, where she... Uh, begins an adventure, uh, communicating with animals, uh, talking with spirits, learning that she can influence other people's thoughts, that she can fly to real places and experience real things in her dreams, and that sort of thing. This is why it opens all these topics up. Instead of raising any buzzwords, it just describes these things as if they're normal. So it's the real magic of everyday life, as opposed to uh, something you might read in Harry Potter, for example. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, Brent. Now, Brent also has a blog about metaphysical cinema and other topics, and he has written a number of books as well. Brent, tell us about them. Well, I've written two books on the subject. Uh, the first one was titled Get the Picture, Conscious Creation Goes to the Movies, and its follow-up was titled uh, Consciously Created Cinema, the Movie Lover's Guide to the Law of Attraction. Uh, in both cases, the, uh, the books provide readers with a sort of roadmap for understanding how the conscious creation or law of attraction process works as illustrated through film. And in each, uh, in each title, 
Um, basically, it's designed to take readers from a standpoint where they know theoretically little or nothing about how the process works to the point where they can become adept at using it in their daily lives. Uh, in each of the chapters in both books, I t- take a particular uh, conscious creation or law of attraction topic, uh, have a brief introduction to talk about what the, uh, the subject is about, and then I follow it up with a series of movie reviews that illustrate the principle in action uh, in terms of um, how it's employed in these various stories. The, um, uh, the focus is, is really kind of um, interesting in the fact that it takes, um, as I said, it takes viewers from uh, readers from a standpoint where they know practically little or nothing about it to the point where they become adept at it. Um, and it, it's interesting how really a whole variety of films are very effective at doing this. Really, it cuts across all genres from dramas to comedies to science fiction to documentaries. Um, both books are available in ebook and uh, print formats from all major online retailers. Uh, so you can pick your format, whichever one works best for you. Um, I'm very pleased to announce that I recently had entered both books in the uh, Writer's Digest self-published book awards competition, and the judges came back having some really very nice things to say about it. In uh, the four categories of evaluation, both books scored five out of five. <laughs> so I'm just very, very, very well pleased with that. done. Bravo! Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, if you want, if you want to read the uh, the particular comments that they had to say, uh, I did post it on a, a blog titled "The Judges Have Spoken" on my uh, website's uh, blog page, which is uh, brentmarchantsblog.blogspot.com. Great, thank you. Well, I also have a book. It's called What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. And it is the story of 37 different individuals. Many of them are household names like uh, Larry Dossey, Bernie Siegel, Greg Braden, Foster Gamble, and so on. Um, Some of them are unknown. But what they have in common is that they had a spiritual, something happened to them that caused a spiritual awakening. So I asked all of them the same three questions. What was it that happened that brought you to that state? Um, what, how did that change your view of reality? And then what is your message to the reader? And the responses ranged from or the the triggering events ranged from a dark night of the soul, a near-death experience. Um, Some of them had been open since childhood and had never closed down. Others came to it simply through a rational process by learning, reading, and then thinking, there has to be more than this. There has to be other dimensions. It doesn't make sense that what Cynthia referred to as, you know, the the brain as being the seat of consciousness as opposed to something outside and greater um, is all that there is. So it's a really, I think, affirming book for anybody who has had their own experiences and perhaps didn't really have a context for understanding them. It reminds me of what Cynthia was saying about her child's book, that it provides a context for experiences that children may have had, 
and adults sometimes tend to turn them off, uh, ridiculing the child. No, it's just your imagination. I am here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, dear readers and listeners, it is not your imagination. It is all real. All you have to do is wake up. So, um, I do have another book, but we won't go into that. Anyway, What Wags the World is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know, your local bookstore. All you have to do is ask for it. Well, that brings I, I us almost ma- to the add end that I really like your book, too, very much, and if it's okay to say so, because I've, I've obviously read it, and, <laughs> and we don't often talk about each other's works, but I am a big yeah. fan of both Brent Marchant and Miriam Knight, so I highly recommend the books that we've been talking about. What Wags the World is extraordinary because it's um, it's the kind of book that makes a perfect gift if, if you want to give it to someone and maybe you've had an exceptional human experience and your family looks at you like, well, that's the weird one. Um, then maybe, just maybe, this could be acting as a bridge um, that one of the stories will resonate with your friend or your family member and they might begin to appreciate um, that what you've gone through is also just along the lines of what a lot of people are going through and maybe not quite so weird. And, and then the books that Brett Marchand is talking about, they are fabulous. If you've ever watched movies and wonder why some are so deep and give you so much food for thought and others uh, maybe not so much, these are the books about the guide to the cinema that can help you sort through that and maybe even find book, uh, movies that you might never have heard of that are exactly right up your alley and would be wonderful. And it gives you tools when you're talking about them to understand and appreciate them more. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia. That was wonderful. A wonderful wrap-up. And thank you for listening. And all um, our, to our reviewers, Cynthia Sue Larson and Brent Marchand. And I hope you'll join us next week. Until then, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. And don't forget to visit happyguide.com, H-A-P-I guide.com, your directory of health, awakening, purpose, and inspiration. Many blessings. Goodbye.